For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rufino. Alongside me is my counterpart and co-host, Joe DeLeon. Good evening, good sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We've got another Monday show where we're going to be previewing Texas. Man, Texas has not escaped our criticism. And here we are yet again. I'm curious how that one's going to go. I'm curious how this preview that we've got coming up today is going to go because I think you and I might be on the same page that Texas might not have as easy of a chance as some people might be picturing and painting well, it to be. Well, there there needs there's questions that need to be answered. Like if you if you pull back the curtain, you beat a Alabama offense that was the worst that they've had under Nick Saban. Yes. I could make the argument that JT Daniels was the best quarterback that you faced at the time that you played them. Okay. Yes. You had issues stopping a triple option run game to some extent from Kansas from a backup quarterback that couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, him throwing the football. Like, there are things and questions that need to be answered. Dylan Gabriel will be the best quarterback that they've seen. This is the best offense that they've seen. There, there are answers. And you know what else, Joe? This is the first time that I do believe that the country – is going to be introduced the country, the casuals, or the people that just watch their team, maybe watch their conference a lot. They don't ever really go to the other side of the aisle or table or conferences to look at other programs. Oklahoma's not a bad team. You know, like no, people poo-pooed on them because of the Cincinnati win, but that was a tough yeah. win. Cincinnati's not as bad as I think some people think that they are. They're they're a fine, tough team. I, I just think that you highlighted it perfectly, and we're going to really get into this today on the show. Texas has been propped up a ton without us really reading into who they've played. And Oklahoma hasn't gotten any recognition because their on-paper schedule looks soft. But I, I don't really think that's the case. I think that the way that they put against Iowa State is really revealing. The way that they put against Cincinnati is very revealing. Even SMU, that was a close game, revealing to me. 
I just don't know why. And I've ranked Texas highly. I just don't know why we're so bought in. Everybody collectively is like, Texas is really good this year. They're a top three team. They deserve to be in that location. When in actuality, they haven't they haven't beaten anyone. They beat a bunch of backup well, quarterbacks. They did, they did beat Alabama, and Jalen Milrose not a backup quarterback. They on beat- any other well, wait on most other teams, Jalen on most other good top twenty five teams, Jalen Milrose is not the starting quarterback. I, I mean, I can't disagree with that, but to say that, I mean, this. This game will answer more questions for people than I think most are anticipating. And I like Oklahoma a lot. I think I might pick Oklahoma when we do this on Wednesday. Man, we're just we're just feeding into the bit, man. We're just feeding into the bit that we what hate bit? Texas. What the bit? bit that we hate? We hate. I mean, we both. I don't hate Texas, act- but at, there comes a time where you got to pull off the glance. I don't hate Texas. Oh, I'm saying I do a little bit. Well, you hate teams that you like. You hate teams that rival you, uh, Notre Dame. Let's look at the teams that you talk the most shit about. Oak, Ohio State. Okay. Well, you played them. USC. You play them. Rival. Clemson, you play them. Rival. Louisville. You you played them. You didn't even we want to do Louisville, Louisville segment in the offseason because you thought they were ass. Now Miami also is Miami. a former big rival of Notre Dame. So again. I'm the one on this show that gets all the hate. I, I wear it on my shirt, damn it. I don't care. I Everyone knows I have a Notre Dame affiliation. But Mike point. Free here says Joe yeah, looks I, like he smells like a hot ham. And I, was trying, I was trying not to laugh at the, <laughs> Mike, that's actually really fucking funny. <laughs> Sorry for cursing, but that made me – I tried not I mean, to laugh. Do you, but, do you smell like ham? Uh, I mean, I'm very well You would. Groomed. You do look like you would smell like ham. I, look, I'm growing the beard out because I have a bet with somebody, and all of a sudden they look like that an beard definitely. Loser. That beard definitely smells like ham. I clean it. Don't don't act like I'm not like keeping my stuff. What's the together last time here? you actually like washed your face? Uh, every day. You relax, okay? You you got the big beard, and you're coming out here, and you're talking all this shit. Let's. You notice let's... how I don't have blemishes. Yeah, but you're in your thirties. So, I occasionally, every so often, have one. Whatever. <laughs> this is a college football show. Why are we talking about my appearance? I don't know. Dan says I hate Texas. I do too. Uh, Julian says Miami. Uh, Sean Stewart says you're fa- you're failing growing it out. I can't grow facial hair, and that was the whole point. So, okay, for context, it's been brought up a number of times in the chat that I'm doing a really poor job of growing a beard on multiple shows. Well, you can't really help that. I have a stupid bit on my other show that I do um, with my roommate from college. And it all it is, is if Oregon it's between Oregon and Washington and we bet on who was going to win that game. And the rules of the bet was we had to grow the beard out starting at the beginning of the season. And then the loser isn't allowed to shave until after the college football season. Neither one of us can grow a beard. Neither one of us can grow one like you, Blake. It is patchy. It is uneven. It does not look good. So that's why there is legitimate stakes here because we both look like prepubescent children trying to grow it. <laughs> yeah, y'all don't have any man, manly men inside. No. So who did you pick? I picked Washington. You you okay. know the answer to that question. Why would you even ask that? <laughs> so glad that you talked about that because on the show here today, we'll pre, we'll talk about our top 10 Joe's mad at me putting Alabama back into my top 10. 
I'm still upset in reference to where he places Washington. So I'm sure we'll we'll bring that up. Also, we'll talk about uh, talking about Kansas. I mean Texas and uh, Oklahoma. We'll preview them today. Uh, what do we think about both teams? Who do we think that can win this game? And then we will talk about our three Heisman. Joe, I actually have four mm. people because I cannot have leave, an extra one. You I always can't leave out Ray Davis. I cannot leave out Ray Davis from from Kentucky. What? I cannot do it. My, okay. I, in my heart Ray, of hearts, I cannot do it. Don't tell me if I'm right. Ray Davis. We'll we'll find out later. But I'm, my guess is Ray Davis, Jaden Daniels, uh, Caleb Williams, and Michael Penix. That's my guess. Okay, well, we'll see later. Okay. All right. I just guessed them. I know I did. I had guessed every single one of them. I'm a genius. I'm just that smart. And Marshall from the Golden Boot Pod says, you just got to eat something to get it. I'm not going to comment on that. I'm not going to comment on that. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. I probably should have. I just it. saw Ant Marshall, and he's usually pretty reserved on what he uh -huh. says, you know. But he's not like it. But he's talking about that pooty time. Yeah, I I, I understood okay. what he was saying. I'm okay, just not well, I don't know how much slang that you know, so I'm just trying to help you out. Okay, okay. He's talking about the... <laughs> I Yes, Blake. <laughs> you ever seen... Uh, <clears throat> what was that movie with Paul Rudd and uh, Stifler? What was that movie called? You ever see that? It was... Uh, she showed me her whispering eye. It's not American Pie. No, Paul Rudd. No, it's American something Pie. else. Somebody in the chat help us out. I don't. I don't remember nah. uh, uh, what it is. Meow. All right, let's talk about our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. Everybody, do us a favor though. Before we do that, share to all those groups on Facebook. Share to all those social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell. Joe, we went over 2K and subscribers on the mm. tube. I. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Big numbers. And wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Don't go anywhere. We're back next. Let's talk about our top 10. We do that. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. I will admit this. If Texas does beat Oklahoma, they are back. Now, then nobody can, I agree. Nobody can say anything. It's a massive the, look, I don't call it the Red River rivalry anymore. I call it the Red River Shootout. If they beat Oklahoma, they more than likely will be in the playoff. But we will we'll talk about that, and we will wait and see. So, Joe, let's go through our top ten. So, listen, there were some shakeups this week. Um, LSU lost, which took them out of my top ten. Georgia mm -hmm. also did not look good against Auburn. And you made a change here with your yes. top ten. Who – 
just read out for the podcast, people listening on podcasts and everybody watching, read out your top 10 for the people. My top 10 is as follows. Michigan, Georgia, Florida State, Ohio State, Texas, Washington, Oregon, Penn State, USC, and Washington State at number 10 like last week. All right. So, listen. I'm going to be a little bit more reserved and keep this really quick and short on my wise on my Washington thing, okay? I do think that that Penn State deserves to be above Washington. Here's why. Nobody and their mama, nobody and their mama watched Arizona last week versus Washington. What we see is, oh, hell, Michael Penix is going off. Joey is. I can't defend that. But like I told you yesterday, and like I will tell you again today, they have glaring weaknesses defensively that a team like Oregon, a team like USC, and others can expose. I saw that last week against Cal on film and brought it up on this show. Penn State, I do not see a lot of those weaknesses. Now, I will admit, I'm with you on, I don't know if Penn State has the weapons outside, but they had one bad half, okay? They had a bad half against Northwestern Saturday. But you know what happens? They adjusted. They started getting on rhythm in the second half. And you know what's so crazy to me? You know what's so wild to me? It's like a team can't have a bad half. Now, Washington didn't have a bad half. They had a bad game. Not offensively. Defensively, they had a really, really bad game. I saw that Arizona – by the way, let me just add this. With a backup quarterback – Arizona with a backup quarterback is a touchdown away from tying that game driving late. Okay. Okay. So there are, I, and just in my opinion, until I can see them defensively get better, there are question marks because there's going to be a time, Joe, where there's a defense, Oregon, that's out there that can slow them down somewhat. That if you don't have your defense hitting on all cylinders, you can be in trouble. Is that better than last week? Yeah, a little more or a little less um, aggressive. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, aggressive. Yeah, I would say. I completely disagree, though. I do understand that they played poorly against Arizona, which is why I moved them back. And I thought that that movement was justified based on the performance. They played like shit against a backup quarterback. You have to make that movement. But my problem with Penn State is yes, they had a bad half against Northwestern. But they have one of the most glaring holes, I think, out of any of the top 10 teams. They don't have any receivers. They have Keandre Lambert-Smith and then all of their – and he hasn't even been a world beater, by the way. He's been okay production-wise. All of their production comes from running backs and tight ends in the passing game. Drew Allar has played well, but his numbers aren't great because he has nobody to throw to. I've watched their their film enough times to see – covered receivers and when guys are open them dropping easy open passes they are going to run into a serious issue when they play ohio state and when they play michigan when they can't pick up the ball uh, pick up yards through the air their receiver room is worse than notre dame's i'm going to go as far as to say that so i'm not afraid of penn state i think that they're a good football team they might be able to overcome that which is why i still place them in the top 10 but i really am more afraid of washington Because at the very least, if they play bad defensively, I know that they can score a touchdown in two minutes. 
when they're called upon to do so. I could see them if they were down by two scores to get back into a football game with limited time to do so. They're that explosive offensively. I just don't think I just don't think that Penn State does one thing good enough for them to be discounted on their bad receiver room. You know what they can do or what they could do? What? Run the ball down Washington's throat. So if you go to a neutral field, if you mm. went to a neutral field, so you know we got our friends over at Bet Online. If you went to a neutral field today, Penn State would be favored by a touchdown. I don't agree with that. Well, just because you don't agree with it doesn't mean on a neutral field that they wouldn't be they wouldn't have a six and a half point spread on them. I agree with you. Saturday that was not impressive, but you know what also was impressive? I mean, Joe, offensively, they had some crazy things going on. Win was twenty. I think I was listening to the broadcast. Win was twenty-four miles an hour. You know, like last year, <clears throat> we didn't say anything about C.J. Stroud when they would go into Northwestern and look like dog shit, and wins thirty plus miles an hour. Okay, hold on, let me okay. land. <clears throat> we don't say anything because it's like, hey man, they kind of really can't throw the ball. Okay, I'm with you. So why can Ohio State from a year ago get that pass and Penn State can't? Because that circumstance was weather related. So and we knew we knew that they would recover. Hour wins is twenty five mile an hour wins, but, wins now. But I'm, I'm but I'm not disc. I'm not giving them a hard time because of one game. It has happened every single game this year that they have not had any not production every from their game, receiver. More than. Every single game they have had problems at the receiver position. They don't have a guy. They don't have somebody that can make a big play when they're called upon and need to. And they don't have any receivers that I think could even take over a game. I just think that that receiver room is is really, really poor, Elks, and it's going to hurt them. Elks, I've been in seven hurricanes in my life, two Category 5s. 50-plus mile-an-hour winds is not hurricane stuff. Don't, don't bring up that word hurricane up in here. I don't disagree with you, but – one thing I do know is Washington would run the ball. I mean, Washington would get the run, ball run down their throat. I, I, right, sure. I, I feel good on that. All right, here's my top ten. I didn't make a change this week, Joe. All the shit that I talked, I was a little ninny baby. You know, I, I, I was a, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I just don't. So here's my list, and I'll give my examples as to why. Georgia remains at one. Michigan, Florida State, Ohio State at four, Texas at five, uh, Penn State at six, Oregon at seven, Washington at eight, USC at nine, Bama at ten. Go ahead and tell me why you don't you hate that I have Alabama at number ten. Yeah, the rest of your list is completely fine. Uh, I do want to have a discussion on the Georgia Michigan placement because I think it's a good conversation in a second. But Alabama does not belong in the top ten. They they don't. They have benefited from Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss not showing up and they haven't done anything else this year. Did Lane Kiffin and them not show up or did they shut him down? I mean, we saw the play calling. That was a horribly coached game. But even, okay, even if they have some serious deficiencies, that Alabama team is going to lose another game or two. I don't disagree with that. So they shouldn't be number 10. There's more teams that have done more no, but things. like know, Washington State, who has beaten two Joe, power Joe, five teams. Joe, and one of them is ranked, and one of them was ranked. Joe, I I know you love Cam Ward, 
I, I know nothing it. Nothing to do with that. They have a good so resume. If Washington State and Alabama teed it off in Council Bluffs tomorrow, Washington State ain't never seen nothing like that defensively. They Was- and they're not going to. Washington State has the defensive line. No, so maybe not don't. take out of their, their run game, but slow Yo, it down. And Jalen Miller can't throw the here's, ball. But, Joe, here's the truth, though. Y'all people out West keep saying, they got good defensive lines. And then all of a sudden, I watch teams like Washington. I watch a team like USC, by the way, get their cheeks clapped up front defensively. I've never you said USC it. is a good defense. Joe, We're talking about you, Washington State, though. We're not talking about Washington or USC. We're talking about they Washington got it. State. It the only way you're beating Washington, you, got it. you need to score points to beat Washington. Okay. State. Well, you know what? I do think that Alabama in that second half against Ole Miss offensively found a rhythm. They scored 24 straight points or 20. That's the most they're going to score all season. Okay. So that Ole Miss defense stinks. 41. That Ole Miss defense stinks. We saw that yeah two days ago. Okay. And what? Who's Wazoo played? Name they've them. Been, they've been Oregon State. That's the and number they've one. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Those are still oh, quality Wisconsin's wins. Not a great football team. They're not. Those are, they're still quality wins. I don't think that Old Miss win is as impressive as as that Old Miss win is propped up by them beating LSU. Joe, they, they are. I mean, technically, heavy. Old Miss could win the West. They they're could. not out of it. Then why is it Old Miss? Ahead of, I'd rather have Ole Miss over Alabama. I know that doesn't because really make sense because they lost Alabama. I do think defensively, you there's got to be something to be said about what they've done the last three weeks. I will concede that they have they've a given very up good three defense. points. They've given up ten points, and I think they. I don't remember the final score against Mississippi State, and then they. I think they gave up seven points. Forgive me if I'm wrong there. I mean, Joe, they're only giving up single digits. And the reason that the thing, the reason shit went chaotic. So let me give an example, okay, of why I think this defense is just on another level right now. They blocked a punt, gave it to the offense at the one-yard line, and they couldn't score. And they keep coming in rotations and waves and, 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 stop, and locking people down. The reason you know why it didn't happen against Texas, Joe, at the end of it, they didn't have an answer. I think the Arnold kid has gotten a lot better. The left boundary corner. I don't think anybody wants to throw the ball on on Kool-Aid McKinstry. I think that front seven is starting to get rolling. They could go look now. Here's the crazy thing, and and here's here's something I'm I'm gonna co- completely contradict myself. You ready? Mm-hmm. I think AM wins Saturday, but I had Alabama so high, and from what I've seen from that defense, I do think that they deserve to be there now. If Alabama does win, I mean, does lose, we got to start having a serious conversation about Miami. Like, yes, I I think we have to start having a very serious conversation about Miami. Now, let me tell you something. I had a very long debate with myself in reference to putting Miami at 10. See, I would rather do that over putting Alabama there. I just, it's, it's less about less of the debate of Washington state versus Alabama and more of the debate. I think that there are four or five teams that the argument can be made for that have been more impressive consistently on both sides of the football in every single game that they've played. I like A&M this week. I do too. That's why I, I, I think that Alabama 
is going to finish with three losses this year. And AM is going to be one of the first ones. They might. You know what? I think that they're going to lose to Auburn. Like, go get Ooh. pissed if you want. Alabama, I think that they could lose to Auburn. Auburn's played them close with worse teams. No. Auburn had teams that could throw four passes. That's true. That's a good point. Like, bro, here's what we're finding out about Peyton Thorne for just a quick second. Can he run a little bit? Yeah. But TJ Finley was a better quarterback than he was. Y- yes. Okay. Part, like, of, part of the reason why I'm saying that, though, is that defense, that Auburn defense gave Carson Beck some fits. And I, I know we, we talked a lot about Georgia and their issues they're dealing with right now on the last show. But, I, I mean, if they can do that to Carson Beck, what are they going to do against Jalen Milrow? We want, do you want to have that Michigan-Georgia conversation? Yeah, I want to talk about this. All right, let's talk about it. I made that move because I think that Michigan has shown me on a week-to-week basis, despite sleep, sleepwalking through some games, that they are the most well-rounded team. I can't pinpoint what their issue is, what their hole is. I think That's, Georgia has okay, a sorry. hole, and all their hole is, you're good, all their hole is, all their issue is, is that they've been dealing with injuries. And I don't know if they can totally overcome that. And I think that Michigan has been the most consistent on a week-to-week basis. You know why I didn't put Michigan at number one today? Why? Because J.J. McCarthy has a game out there this year where he threw three picks. Against Bowling Green, yeah. But that's his only bad game this year. Well, Joe, that's his – I mean – I can't believe I'm going to say this, but, and, you know, like, so, you know, we, we put, we put all these other quarterbacks on a high pedestal and by God, if they have an off half or an off quarter or whatever the frick they have, why doesn't JJ McCarthy and and Michigan get that same, that same ridicule, if you will? Well, I think that they did against Bowling Green, but it, I just think Joe, we didn't come in here on Monday or Sunday and talk about Michigan and JJ McCarthy against Bowling Green because it's against Bowling Green. And sometimes you come into those games thinking, I'm going to kick the crap out of this team. I'm going to throw for 400 yards and you press a little bit too much. I think he's not fully matured as a quarterback. Here's what I'll say about Michigan I thought that their game this weekend was highly impressive. They look so freaking good. Their offensive line finally started to, you know, came to play and when the when the lights got a little bit brighter, right? Um overall, I do think I think that their front seven is not getting talked about enough. I, I don't mind you having Michigan at one. I don't mind anybody not having Georgia at number one, depending on who you put there. I, I saw an AP voter today put Texas at number one. Get out of here with that, you Rudy Pooh. No. Okay. No. But there does come a point where I agree with you, but I do think that there's something to be said in reference to if any other team in the country would have the injuries that Georgia would have had, they might have lost Saturday. Like a lesser team would have lost against South Carolina a couple weeks ago. They are, it is tough. It is tough in general in a power five conference to win games in general. And they continue to find ways to win. They got Mahonky back. This is the first time I can say Lad Mahonky all season. I'm excited to say it. But you know what? You, I can't believe I got to stick up for your poster boy, Joe. There's not a player in the country that can cover Brock Bowers. Not no. one single person. By the way, 
Did you see Big Game Boomers? Uh, yes, I did. That was hilarious. <laughs> Good bit. Mark Bowers for all of them. There's not anybody in the country that can stop him or contain him when he gets going. And I got to be real with you. Carson Beck nutted up in that second half and grew right in front of our eyes. People bashing on him, we watched two completely different games. You know, you want to see the stat line. You want to see him throwing throwing for three touchdowns and or four touchdowns, maybe have him run, run, run in. But we completely watched different games. I thought that he grew up. This, he got popped back-to-back plays, and you know what he said? I'm going to find 19 and get the hell out the way. Auburn, look, there are games in this sport, mm-hmm. the sport, Joe, that you and I love the most. There are games in this sport. It doesn't matter how good or bad the other teams are. Rivalry games are rivalry games for a reason. They are. And I'm just not out on on Georgia yet. I'm not out on them yet. I'm not out on them, and I'm not saying that moving them to two means that this is going to be the start of a, a slippery slope where they start to collapse. I agree with you that it, it is proving to me that you can come out with victories in situations where you're supposed to lose. That, to me, is a testament to the coaching. They have the best coaching staff in college football right now, and there's not even a debate about it. There shouldn't be a debate on who's better than them. But at the same time, I just feel right now, with their injuries, with the holes that they have in certain position groups, that Michigan, when they turn it on, are going to be really hard to beat. And it's going to be hard for Ohio State and Penn State to beat them. And that could be the... That needs to be the defining moment for them is how easily and how dominantly do you defeat them. If they do that in both of those games, I'm going to feel pretty confident putting Michigan at the number one spot. I don't I don't hate that. What I was the face you were making, by the way? Um my uh, a Miami booster just sent me a uh, a message. He said because I would put Miami if I put Miami in my he DM me on Twitter says if I put Miami in my top ten that he'll let me eat free at his restaurant. <laughs> You're screwing with me. <laughs> no, I'm not. I believe when I see it. All right, I'll send it to you. Okay. All right, let's talk about our good friends over at Homefield Apparel. Your one-stop shop for all the apparel that you will have for game days. So let's talk about them. We'll come right back, and we will talk about Texas and Oklahoma, the Red River Shootout. We do that next. Rafino and Joe show is brought to you by Homefield Apparel, which is the best, without a doubt, premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan, maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan, whatever it is, even Idaho. They have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff. Make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. 
something that a Texas player had not heard in the first round until B. Sean Robinson this past year, I might add. Texas and Oklahoma kick it off at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time in the Red River Shootout. Joe, I got to admit, look, Texas is a really good football team. A lot of people don't know about Oklahoma because they have not been really tested. Texas has been. They came off a game against Kansas last week. They weren't looking forward. They got serious there in the second half. There have been some issues with Texas. Three quarters against Wyoming. What they looked like offensively against a very bad team against Rice. A lot of teams are, or a lot of people are wondering what's going to happen with Oklahoma. I think that last year motivates a team like Oklahoma because of what happened. I think that this is a one-score game either way. I want I do think that Oklahoma and Jeff Levy in this offense is not being talked about enough. And when Dylan Gabriel and the boys go out there this weekend and put up some yards and put up some points, people will talk about them. I do think that this game's going to be won up front defensively. Whichever defensive line can get after the quarterback the most. Because Quinn Ewers has been able to use his legs so far this year and pick up critical third downs along with Dylan Gabriel. Something is telling me, do not pick Texas. Something's telling me. But from what I've seen, they're a really good football team and wouldn't surprise me if they were able to come out with the victory. What says you? So first of all, I before the Texas fans run to the comments, this is not me saying Texas is overrated. They're not going to win this game. I really think that this game is more of a toss-up, however, than many assume it is. I don't think that this is a guaranteed foregone conclusion victory for Texas. I just am skeptical of who Texas is based on who that they've played so far this year. We've already talked about it. It's a bunch of backup quarterbacks and Jalen Milrow. They haven't faced anybody impressive. I don't know what they're going to do against Dylan Gabriel. And you know what? Dylan Gabriel hasn't gotten any love this year. For him being a really solid quarterback, I would argue that he's in the top 20 quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks of college football. Oh, I think, very, you, I think you put him in the top 10. Very, name, name, I mean, could you not put Dylan Gabriel in the top 10? I don't know off the top of my head. I don't want to do the whole, I'd put him in the top 10 without actually like going through a list and, well, I mean, I got the numbers right it. here. He's 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 top 10 in every statistical category. Well, there's part of your evidence. I see a guy that is consistent and confident that is a really good athlete, and I think that is going to pose issues for Texas, especially because right now Texas's biggest issue, not the run defense. The run defense has been phenomenal. I'll give them a lot of credit. They have stood up and stopped a lot of really good rushing attacks so far, especially Kansas's. But their biggest issue that I've seen on film is giving up the deep ball. They have gotten cooked multiple times this season against teams that they shouldn't be getting beaten that badly on long passes. Alabama, we saw it happen multiple times. A little bit was in periods of the game where it almost didn't really matter if Alabama scored because it was too far gone for them to get back into it. And it also happened against Kansas with Bean as their starting quarterback playing in that game. They don't have any elite receivers that you should be getting beat deep that easily. I just think that this passing attack that has been really good, that is the sixth in the country right now in terms of production, is going to find those splash plays and pick up those long gains. But at the same time, Oklahoma is just as susceptible, and that's why I think it fits what you're saying, that this game is going to be a shootout. 
drunk uh drunk vigo on youtube says crazy old rafino and then uh heat broker says the only way oklahoma wins is if venables doesn't freeze up at the first sign of adversity i, I mean let's not have recency bias with all due respect so has so has sarkeesian in the past you can talk about LSU's defense in the comments all you want to. It doesn't stop that they won the West. And who's your school? Because I got more. I, I'm going to tell you this. All right, LSU all right. Stop, more stop, stop. Than your ass does. Stop getting baited by the LSU comments. Right, well, they're in the chat. Just roasting me alive in here. Okay. Half the chat is people talking about Notre Dame. So let's. <laughs> okay. That's true. All right. All right. Let, Joe, this is what I also think, too. I think this game comes down to a lot of what Dylan Gabriel can do, right? Like, mm. I've seen what other quarterbacks have been able to do against Texas's offense. Like, I've, I've seen it. I mean, defense, excuse me. I've seen them do it. I don't know if, like, if you do some of those things that you've given up those big plays against. Now, the one where Kansas fumbled and the guy picked it up and scored, yeah, like, you know, like, okay, whatever. But let's not act like that the quarterback didn't gain 20 yards down the field to start off with, that's mm. still a very big play that they gave up. You can't have some of those coverage busts against Dylan Gabriel. He will eat you alive. Mm -hmm. He will eat you alive. I do wonder how this game and what uh, – I do wonder in this game what Jeff Levy has cooked up. They got blanked a year ago. I don't think that they're going to – it's going to bode well there. Didn't Dylan Gabriel got hurt or, or, or uh, was out of that game? Like he didn't even play last year, so – We'll see, man. I just think that when you have other quarterbacks that have been able to have success against Texas's defense, what's for me to say that Dylan Gabriel cannot? I have a lot of faith in Dylan Gabriel this week. I, I really do. Yeah. Now, he might make me look like an idiot, but if I've seen JT Daniels do some good things, I've seen Jalen Milrow do some good things, Dylan Gabriel's not going to make those same mistakes that Jalen Milrow did a couple of weeks ago. He's just not going to do it. So what happens – if you get in a situation like that. That's what it really, I think, comes down to this game is what does Dylan Gabriel do? And this is a situation where Texas has not been tested, as we've said. I will concede this. If, if Texas, and I think there's a really good possibility that Texas wins, if Texas yeah, disrupts absolutely. Gabriel and, and they play a really good game against him and, and maybe not completely remove Dylan Gabriel from the game, but force a turnover, get a couple of sacks, then I'll concede that Texas is, is really as good as some people are painting them to be. They will be officially. We're back. I will put them at number three if they beat Oklahoma and they look really good and they beat up on Dylan Gabriel. I am willing to put them at number three because that answers the remaining parts of my concerns. But right now my concerns are that they haven't been challenged by a competent, good starting quarterback or in an explosive offense. They haven't. They have not been tested like that. But you know what else? This is going to be a big question mark for Oklahoma's defense. I mean, yeah. we have not seen them tested either. So as much as we've not seen Texas's offense or defense get tested by a good quarterback, we also haven't seen Oklahoma's defense get really tested at all. No. Right? I mean, Eric, you got Butch Jones crying on the sidelines week one. I, I mean, it's it, – they have not really played anybody. I do think that this is a one-score game either way. I think it comes down to the fourth quarter. 
possibly whoever has the ball last is going to go in there and score. I don't see a blowout for either side. If no. there's going to be a blowout, I do think Texas gets it. I, I really do. If there's going to be a blowout, I think Texas blows them out. But Oklahoma's got to be able to establish the line of scrimmage to some extent, get some of this running game going. And, and look, man, try to get as many plays in as you can. Because if you continue to run – one thing about a defense, man – if they start getting winded, you can put up as many points. Ask LSU last week, right? Yeah. You want to talk about Brian, we were talking. They were talking about Brian Kelly's defense in the chat. Well, there you go. I, you know what's also interesting about this game? Did you see that uh, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey will be there? Did you see that? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of love that. I kind of love that he's going there. What an ultimate troll! He's just he's watching what's his man. It's an SEC game. I heard. I think it was Feinbaum this morning on ESPN was saying that they're this is they're considering an SEC game, which is just funny because the conference is down this year. So you're claiming early the two teams that are joining before they join. Um, but you are talking about here. One of the things that you brought up is if it does go lopsided. Yes, I do agree that if it does, it's probably going to be in Texas's favor. Um, I really like some of the things that they've done defensively. Their defensive line's been great. Jalen Ford has not been brought up enough about how freaking good of a season he's had. He's leading the team in tackles for loss, tackles, and interceptions. He is an NFL linebacker, a highly draftable one, a phenomenal athlete. He is going to be, for me, uh, an X factor in this game, his performance, what he does. But as you've talked about, Oklahoma's offensive line is really strong. Their run game with Marcus Mosier and Tawi Walker, definitely saying that wrong, have been consistently strong. They've got other backs that they can turn to. They got to get that ground game going, as you're saying. Well, look, Dylan Gabriel has 1,500, let's just call it 1,600 passing yards, 15 touchdowns. That's up there with the likes of Michael Penix Jr., Jane Daniels, mm -hmm. and others. He's completing 75% of his passes. Joe, the, the thing for me is I know that they've played Rudy Poo teams, okay? Yeah. Very big Rudy Poo teams. But Danny Stutzen, Stutzman, okay, the – Linebacker. Has, yeah, the linebacker. He has nine tackles for loss, Joe. Two sacks, an interception. Key Lawrence has looked really good. Uh, Kip Lewis is another guy who's looked really good for them defensively. You know what? Everybody, when they look at Oklahoma, they see everything that's going on offensively, and I agree. And Dylan Gabriel has gone off. But, man, they got some playmakers defensively. You're not playing Lincoln Riley's defense. Mm -hmm. They got some dudes now. Can Brent, And you know what else? If Brent Venables gets this win, watch out. Because they are recruiting the defensively at a very, very high rate. They're, the defensive line that they got coming in and recruiting is ridiculous. It is Clemson-level 2018 D-line. So you better not let Venables get some momentum here, brother. Well, one of their best defensive linemen has been a true freshman, the Ottawa kid. That they no, have, he's already I, got a, a he's got a sack and a half already on the season. I, I don't know if he's been, maybe he's been playing a little bit mostly garbage time, but still, I mean, like the guy is in the reserves that you've got a freakish athlete like that on your defensive line who maybe doesn't have a massive contribution or impact this year, but down the line he's got. You, you bring up a really good point. I really do love what Oklahoma's done in recruiting because they are starting to build out a really really scary defensive line. Well, Key Lawrence is the uh, transfer from mm -hmm. Tennessee. He has a pair of picks. I look at Gentry Williams. Um, he has a pair of picks. I, I mean, look, man, 
He had uh, one against Tulsa that was absolutely ridiculous. Um, and then Iowa State, Joe, they played Iowa State this week. They beat him 50 to 20. It was an outright beatdown. So, mm. like I tell you all the times, I don't trust guys that wear Velcro hats, and I sure as hell don't trust guys like Matt Campbell that bend their bill that way, and they yeah. eat them down. Like, that was a impress. I was watching it today. It was an impressive a win. But here's the thing, because I've talked a lot of Oklahoma here. Texas is not to be trifled with right now. Like, that D-line is something serious, too. This is... This has a lot of NFL dudes on both sides of the football, and I do think that Texas can win it. I, I really do mm. think they can win it. But something just continues to tell me not to not to lean that way. Right. That's that's kind of where I'm coming here from here. Everything points to Texas winning this game, and I think that it's likely maybe by a couple of points. It's going to be high scoring. It's going to be fun. I think that Texas wins because it feels like it's their year. But at the same time, I feel like they have failed to step up to the occasion a lot. And yeah. some might want to point to the Alabama win and say, that was impressive. That was them stepping up to the occasion. But we all know that that Alabama team is not as good as we thought they were going into that game. We just got to be real with ourselves. There is a really, there is potential for a Sarkeesian-esque letdown. You know what? I Can I tell you a pet peeve of mine? What? Is when a team plays a very lowly Power 5 opponent and they beat the outright dog shit out of them, people come in here and say, oh, well, that team lost to Ohio. They beat the dog shit out of a Power 5 team. They can't help it. And yeah. here's another thing. You're going to convince me right now with some of the issues that Georgia has that Oklahoma not, might not have surprised them in a neutral field week one? Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that at all. All right. I hate when people do that. You want to talk about our three our three best Heisman? Let's do it. Yeah. You read me correctly, you Rudy Poo. Um, so I, I have four. So we're So look, let's just call it what it is. We're midway through the season. So we're going to talk about some of our Heisman Front rudders at the current moment. Now, listen, I specifically, Joe, am not putting this in order. I pick one. I, I'm to the point in, at right now, just pick one of these, okay? Okay. But here's my list. I, I know we were going to do three, but I mm -hmm. could not leave out Ray Davis from Kentucky. Okay. He's got 600 yards rushing, eight touchdowns th uh, on the ground, three receiving touchdowns. He is a load and a dude to bring down. He's been their offense. He single-handedly beat Kentucky. I mean, beat Florida. He almost won the game for them. He was a dude against, quite honestly, a team like Utah who could not run the ball on Florida, even in their own backyard. Ray Davis is a guy that I just got to put in there because of the performances that he continues to have. Mm -hmm. Michael Penix Jr., you know how much I love Penix. I, I said it all offseason. I'll say it again. He is having a fantastic year. He is 133 for 178, uh, 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns. Caleb Williams is another guy that I have in there. 21 touchdowns, Joe, in one pick. He threw his first interception last week. But I will say he threw it at the most inopportune time, which kind of got Colorado back in that game, which was kind of yeah. like, hey, man, you know, you threw that at a really bad time. And I know you won't agree with this, but Jaden Daniels, 
I mean, Jane Daniels, to me, you can't ignore what he's doing. You you can't ignore it. So those are my four. I'm not going to fall for the Jaden Daniels bait. I'm just not going to respond well, to it. Well, you said that he won't even remotely in the conversation, which you were vastly wrong in, even though I warned you that he had been going. Joe, I'm at practice every day. I'm literally at practice every day, and I warned you, and I said, Joe, don't do it. And you know what you did? I you did it. it. You had coaches from LSU texting me, like, banning you. You got, you got your credential pulled, like all of that. He's still not going to be at the podium at the end of the year. I don't. I didn't say that he would. Be. Okay, he's he wouldn't even be remotely in the conversations. What you said. He has been playing really well, and he's been player playing better than I expected. And I am on a historic run of saying guys stink, and then them playing at an elite level. So you know what? It's just one of those years for me. I just don't think that at the end of the season, when it's all said and done, he is going to be. Up there at the podium, and I, I just but he this, this okay. This, here's my here's my oh, here's, can okay. I just say this? If yeah. any other dude in the country led in every statistical category, besides one, he's top two in every statistical category. He yeah, leads the country in QBR, touchdown to interception ratio. Not named Kayla Williams. He's number technically technically number two there. Efficiency complete. I mean, what does he have to do? He just had back to back four hundred yard passing games. I know that the other guys and the guys that I'm about to bring up have not played highly ranked opponents yet. And I think that they're going to step up to the occasion and have really good performances. But it is a little disappointing. And it's not his fault. It's not his fault. But it's a little disappointing that he's two losses. If RG3 can win a Heisman when his team goes eight and five, then Jane Daniels, them having two losses in September, does not keep him out of the conversation. Because he had what some ridiculous stat line that I'm, I'm trying to let me. Actually, by the way, Jane Daniels just passed RG3 in all time passing yards. Well, Jane Daniels is. All right, who's your three? 40. My three to perfectly piss you off, and this is in order. Number three, Brock Bowers. University of Georgia. You're an idiot. Two. I'm not an idiot. The guy is the best player in college football. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Nobody can cover him. And they're not even they're not even feeding him the ball as much as they could be. It it took it took the Auburn game when they were losing to realize, oh, we should probably throw the ball to Brock Bowers for him to take over and win that football game for them. He is the best player in the country. There isn't a single player except for maybe Caleb Williams, who I have at number one, that is as unstoppable as he is. And he's perfectly well-rounded. He deserves to be in the conversation. Just because he's a tight end doesn't mean he he needs to be taken out of it. Number two is Michael Penix for me, because I think statistically he's just done some gaudy stuff. And I think that his Heisman moment is going to come against Oregon, where he's going to be asked to make a critical throw to win them the game. And then lastly, uh, Caleb Williams... The guy won it last year. He came back. Why would I take him off? He's played amazing. And if not, he might even be playing better than last year. Go ahead. Say what you want to say. You have no business putting Brock Bowers up there. Why? Joe, they've won games without him. They've won a game with him. 
I, I mean, what is the Heisman supposed to be about? Being the most important player for your team, being one okay. of the best players at your position. Not the most important player to his team. He's not. He is. Joe. They can't move the ball without him. They moved the ball the entire first half without him. They only scored, what was it, 20-something points? I, okay. They scored in the first half. Brock Bowers is a phenomenal, phenomenal tight end. He's arguably the best tight end we've seen. I think he's even better than Kyle Pitts, to be real with you. He is. Okay. It's just really hard for me. What, what's his uh, – I mean, hold on. What's his stat line? He's got – we said it yesterday. He's got 480 yards, 30 receptions. I want to say five touchdowns? He has he is on 30 receptions, 413 pace. yards, three touchdowns. And one rushing touchdown. Joe, I can well, name 20 receivers better than that. He's okay, but he's not a there is Joe production is I not be, made I, equal for a tight end. He's he is a tight end doing these things. That's the whole point. That's the whole that's the whole point that I'm trying to get at. Kyle let Pitts. Me, let me, hold on. Let me let me just say this to you. Let me say okay. So you had a so this is the argument that you're trying to make. If if it's about the most important player on a team. You're legitimately going to sit here and tell me that Jaden Daniels having to throw for – go for, I might add, 500 yards and five touchdowns for his team to remotely get close to winning. Brock Bowers doesn't have 500 yards receiving on the entire year. This dude has it in a game. Because – because passing yardage does not equate receiving yardage. Oh, it is more important to his team than Brock Bowers will ever be to Georgia. Garrett Nussmeyer coming in in the SEC championship game last year and playing the way that he did proves that I think that if Nussmeyer had to play and Jane Daniels didn't exist, I think that that offense would still be just as productive. But he's not playing. He's also got he has, multiple he, five-star receivers. He has more yards. No, he doesn't. Malik Neighbors was a three-star. Okay, first-round pick. He's going to be a first-round pick. Did you know who Brian Thomas Jr. was before the season started? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. I don't, okay, I don't, well, I'm he not leads the country in touchdowns. Jane Daniels has been great. I okay. just think that his impact has been – like he's played. I, I have conceded that he has made some amazing, amazing throws, and he has kept them it's in the game. It's not just the throws, Joe. He had a 55-yard run that got him back into the – he had more yards, total yards, in one game than Brock Bowers has in the entire season. If you want to talk about importance, you need to take whatever glasses that you have off. He had to score four. He had to accumulate 35 points for his team to remotely win. I am hung up on his performance against Florida State. And I know that wasn't You're all so on him. Shit. You're so What do you mean? Shit. There was a game that Brock Bowers had two catches. You want to talk about performances in a game? Be okay, because they're not effectively scheming him the ball. They're not. They, they, but my whole point, my whole, my whole fucking, my whole fucking point, my whole fucking point is that, that that Brock Bowers has been all of their offensive production. 
No one on that team has been producing his anything. defense gave up 700 yards, and he still almost kicked that ass. I, I Just because that Jane Daniels has to throw the ball as many times as he does, there are plenty of quarterbacks in the history of college football that have inflated passing stats. So does Caleb Williams. He's fucking playing Rudy Putek every week. The, the things that oh, Caleb Williams is oh, doing oh, is much oh, more oh, impressive. Bullshit. Caleb Williams, the ranked opponents that he played last week, and not first-year coaches, what happened? What happened? He lost every fucking one of them. Every fucking one of them. And y'all still, your Heisman voters, y'all ran out there and voted for his ass. He lost every ranked game against a team without a first-year head coach. He didn't win shit. And you voted for him because he looked like Mahomes. That's why you voted for him. But then a guy loses because his defense gives up 700 yards. They, they look, look abysmal. And you want to have the audacity to put Brock Bowers in here like a dummy. It's not a dummy. The guy is, is the most important player for the second best team in the country. Stetson Bennett made it on the podium last year because of his performance on the best team He's in the, the country. He's the quarterback. He accumulated 4,500 yards. What are you talking about? Without, Just be listen. Look, you're, but you're all you're doing this off of is his numbers. Just because he's throwing the ball, he has to throw the ball in every single play, okay. and he has to. Do Here's it. something without numbers. When Ohio State almost won, he threw to Brock Bowers one time. One time, he threw to the receivers and won the game for them. That was last year. We're okay, talking about this year. Justin Bennett was on the podium last year. My. I'm just bringing up the fact that why would I include somebody that is on a team with two losses that has just because he's been throwing the ball, attempting more passing attempts than everybody else. Because here's the truth. Michael Penix hasn't played a schedule worth a fuck, and you know it. I'm more impressed by the, by what Michael Penix has done than, than Jane, Jane Daniels. I But here's the problem. You get so hung up on shit that I'm saying. I'm not saying that Jane Daniels is bad. I'm not saying that he's bad. That's what doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not saying that he's a bad player. He threw an interception last week that almost lost them the game. Michael Penix threw a pick last week that could have lost them the game. Okay. If you can, hold on. If you cannot separate yourself from Arizona with a backup quarterback, then you don't, then. Well, I've I, seen. I, I hate what? to do this. I, what? We do gotta go. Whatever. I shouldn't have taken the bait. I knew that that was gonna happen. I love you. He's not gonna be at the podium at the end of the year. And I'm gonna keep saying it. Just because he's not at the podium doesn't mean he doesn't deserve a vote. I didn't say that. I didn't say that he doesn't deserve a vote. A I just don't think he's top three right now. What if they what if they went out? Then what? Then I'll change my that's there's a fair point. I got will change my opinion. See y'all Wednesday. Joe's so pissed. Peace. <laughs>